A lawsuit concerning Instagram filters cashing in on Pinterest for how much? Facebook is doing something creepy again. And some tips to take your business meetings to the next level. Welcome to Working Girl Talk. Welcome to the very first episode of Working Girl Talk. Thank you so much for joining me today. I'm your host, Abby Zufelt. I wanted to start off by explaining how each episode is going to roll. First, we'll start off with some hot news concerning social media, marketing, and business. This is helpful for any working girl out there who's trying to make a name for herself, build a brand, or even just trying to show off to your boss and coworkers that you know what's going on in the working world. The second part of the episode will cover our main working girl topic. This will also be the part where future guests will join me and we discuss their journey. The last thing will be my Friday favorite. This will be me sharing a favorite thing of the week, whether that's a podcast, an app, a TV show, you name it, anything that's applicable to a working girl, I'll be sharing it. Let's dive into the stories. So this week, Visco, the popular filter app, for those of you that don't know, it's VSCO, Visco, really popular. I know a lot of people and influencers that use this app. They have really nice filters that are, um, it's free. There is a paid version, but it's free. So a lot of people use it. They are suing a different app called PixArt for stealing some filters. So we're going to dive a little bit more into that. So TechCrunch reported it as... The suit focuses on 19 PixArt filters that were supposedly, in quotes, reverse engineered from Visco's filters, with Visco alleging it has become a legal issue involving false, false advertising and violations of the app's terms of service. So when you sign up for Visco, it's typical, like any other app you've probably signed up for where it has a little check mark, like by signing in, you agree to follow the terms of service, which I didn't realize their terms of service actually um, talk about that, that you agree not to sell, license, rent, modify, distribute, copy, or produce, transmit, blah, 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 all that from any Visco content. And so basically, like if you read more into this, at least 17 picks are employees created Visco's Visco accounts, um, which probably isn't too crazy. I'm sure a lot of competitors do the same. If you work in marketing, you're always looking at what your competitors are doing. Um, but because Visco knows that 17 of those employees and then somehow they found out they were using it. That's the, I think that's the main question I have is how Visco knew that these people worked at Pixar. I mean, unless they did some heavy LinkedIn stalking. Um, but in addition, the suit accuses Pixar of engaging in false advertising because Pixar um, was using it as their gold standard subscription using these um, alleged like uh, filters from Visco. The thing that makes this interesting is I've seen other influencers um, complain about this and have... Um, fights with other people and just because a lot of people are stealing presets or stealing filters from people who work hard to make them. Um, I saw, I won't say names, but I saw a blogger talking about this a few months ago, how somebody bought her presets and then started selling them as their own. Uh, and somebody told her about it and they were able to like take care of it. And just basically it was more like a fear, like that person realized they were like that she knew and they called him out. And I think that stopped, but this is just a really 
It's a really interesting thing. I see it from both sides. So on Visco's side, yes, a business, you have a product and you can't just steal it, especially when there is a terms of service like that. Uh, but photo editing is a tricky one just because there's so, it's hard to prove that you stole a filter. There's so much that goes into a filter. One little tweak. It's almost like, what if you accidentally stole somebody's filter and you didn't even know, like if you're familiar with Lightroom, like all of those little things like, oh, I could tone down the yellow. I can add some pink. I can turn up contrast. Like what if you accidentally like did somebody else's preset and you didn't even know? I don't know if that makes sense, but um, it's an interesting case for sure. So we'll see how it goes down as it plays out. So Visco filed for it. In a statement, Pixar denied the suit actually. So in their statement, they said, Visco is not a direct competitor, but they clearly feel threatened by Pixar. Ooh, shade. Visco's claims are meritless. It's disappointing that they have made these false claims against us. Pixar will vigorously defend itself against these baseless claims and all options are under consideration. Ooh, so Visco is, or uh, Pixar is going to fight back on this. So this will be just an interesting one to watch. And then especially as we're going into like this more digital era in the past 10 years with social media taking off, we have seen more suits involving social media. So I'm sure this will definitely not be the last one of concerning something like this, um, but it might set a precedent for photo editing. So that should be pretty interesting. Moving on to story two. Okay. So recently Pinterest announced that they were going to go public. So on the stock market, uh, right now they are currently privately held. So on Monday, they, um, shared that they had plans to sell 75 million shares for 15 to $17 per share. So you can own a piece of Pinterest for 15 bucks. <laughs> um, so and like, so why is this even interesting in the first place? Like, why do we even care? Um, so CNBC actually reported that this is $3 billion less than it was two years ago. Um, Cause like when they were like doing financial stats reports, like their income based on that, would like now they're evaluating themselves as less, which there is a little bit of, has it, mm, I guess there's been some discussion about, Pinterest not being as strong as other tech brands just because there isn't as high of a call to action. Yes, there are ads, but a lot of it is more like I'm sure you know, inspiration and you're not a lot of the time taking action. Um, and especially as someone who's ran Pinterest ads for clients before, um, at least for when I have dabbled in it. And that's like very few. I'm sure that people get a lot of return on them, but like the return, like the ROI was not great. So um, that is just interesting, especially if they're evaluating, uh, if they're evaluating at like less than they used to be, it's almost like, oh, like, is everything okay over there at Pinterest? Uh, but then on Tuesday, a brokerage firm based out of London, uh, this is according to CNBC called um, Atlantic Equities, um, said gave them an estimate of like a year end target to be at $23 a share. So they are actually like, that's like a good goal for them to make. Like they can do that, like evaluating them in a good way. So um, Pinterest is set to go public this spring. And this is just one to watch. Um, similar to that story I talked about before that just this tech era, things are happening so quick. And as we've seen with other tech companies, some of them, it's like a shining unicorn and then it just dies out. So we'll see how Pinterest goes. Um, and it's also 
interesting to watch because according to CNBC, other companies that are these big tech companies evaluated at over a billion dollars and that are privately funded currently are uh, will be going public later this year, like Uber, Airbnb, Slack, and Postmates. So yeah, it's the year of going public. We'll see how that turns out. And last thing on this, Pinterest will list under the ticker on the New York Stock Exchange as pins, P-I-N-S, so cute, little pins on the stock market. Last story before we move on to some meeting tips, Facebook has just been granted a patent for some tech that's kind of weird. So um, according to Fast Company, Facebook has just been granted a patent for tech that scans through photos, sees what you like, and learns your demographic behavior, and then can send that data to advertisers. So basically... It was kind of like, wait, what does that even mean? Like, aren't they already doing that? So basically the example that Fast Company gave was that if you take a picture with, let's say like a Starbucks cup, Facebook, this new tech that it has, would be able to scan that picture and see that you have a Starbucks cup, like it would recognize that logo, tell Starbucks so they would know that you already are a fan of the product, like they should advertise to you because you already know the product, which if you're familiar with like the sales funnel, a repeat customer is easier to get than a new customer. So if you already like Starbucks, chances are you'd buy again. That is interesting. But the part that got me was Fast Company. So after they explained it, they said, that's not all. Facebook could also boost the photo into your friends' feeds as a sort of sponsored story. And that's all they said on that, uh, which I don't know if your friends would know that it was sponsored or if that would just be Facebook working with Starbucks on the side and kind of picking where your post read, like who it reaches to, which right now with like algorithms, we don't really know why it picks certain people to show you and not others. I mean, yes, like the more you engage with somebody, the more you see their content. But if they're going to like pull stuff like this, Facebook at the end of the day is a company and they want to make money. So it would make sense for them to kind of team up with other advertisers. But just thought that was a little interesting tidbit because I'm like, huh, so maybe if you post more with products, your post will get seen more because Facebook is working with those people. I don't know. So just thought that was an interesting point on that front and also something to watch. But Fast Company also made a good point and they said that like other tech patents that have been out there, just because you get a patent for something doesn't mean it'll actually come to pass or you'll actually use it. So it doesn't mean like this is going to happen, but just knowing Facebook and knowing their relationship with advertisers anyway, I can see this definitely happening. Okay, let's dive into some meeting tips. So for the first episode, I was trying to figure out what I wanted to talk about because there's so much to say, especially concerning the working world. But I wanted to highlight a topic that I think would be applicable to most working women, um, and that's meetings. So I know when I first started working, meetings were a source of anxiety for me. And I know for a lot of other people, you may not know how to properly prepare for them or they make you nervous, especially if you're in a client facing role. Um, Even if you're not, it could even be meetings with your boss or meetings with somebody, you know, sometimes meetings are a big source of anxiety for people. And I have a few tips and tricks that I think are really helpful to help you feel more confident and prepared and to also yield better results for meeting because we've all been in those meetings that just go on and on forever and it's like what what is happening i always think of that episode of the office where pam is mad at michael for dating her mom and she's just like gets up in the middle of a meeting and it's like no more meetings no more weeks literally that runs through my head every time when there's just like a long pointless meeting going on which thankfully is more rare these days uh just because i've 
found a few tips and tricks to prevent that from happening, but that's always pretty funny. But uh, we're going to start off with tip number one, have an agenda. It's so basic, but if there's anything you take from this episode today, forget creepy Facebook. Remember this agenda. You need an agenda. When I first started working in marketing, I would go into meetings and would kind of feel lost and the client would be asking things and there was not really an order. And then I read from uh, Cameron Harold, who's considered like the CEO of Spur. Um, you can Google him. He has a big push to have meeting agendas because uh, he's all about like productive meetings. And it's so true. An agenda just like changed my life. And it can be so simple. Um, just identifying what you want to cover in that meeting, what questions you need to ask, and then boom, you're out of there. I think there's a misconception that meetings need to be these big productions and I'm guilty of that too. Me and my coworkers in the past, it's almost like rehearsing for a play, like rehearsing our lines for a meeting, but they really don't need to be like that. Is if you have an agenda and you have a purpose for your meeting, then that's totally fine. And just on that note, make sure you have a purpose for meeting. You don't just want to meet to meet because that wastes everybody's time. I think sometimes there's a pressure to have a meeting if you're in a client facing role or if you're within a company oh, it's time for a meeting. There needs to be a purpose um, for every meeting you do. And an agenda is a great way to do that. And it also, if you're somebody that gets anxious or nervous for meetings, an agenda really helps you out because you have something to look at and refer to so you can keep your train of thought going. Uh, And it's a really helpful resource. On that note, tip number two, have a visual. And this can even be your agenda. Um, You can even print out copies, have your laptop with you, a notepad, Um, having a visual for some thing to follow along. And the most helpful thing, I remember a client asked me one time in a meeting, she was like, do you have something I could follow along with you? Like it was just an over the phone, um, meeting. So I didn't even think of that. I was like, oh yeah, I'll just email you the stats so we can look at it together. Duh. Uh, which I, that seems so simple, but sometimes people forget that, that when you're just rattling off numbers or talking about something that if there's nothing to look at or follow along with that, maybe the other person doesn't really know what you're talking about. So having a visual, whether that's a graph, a chart, um, something to show them, um, any sort of visual, or if that's just the agenda itself. Um, and then to really make your meetings like be very like efficient, you can even put time constraints on certain topics. So five minutes for this, 10 minutes for this. And that can even just be on your personal agenda too. Um, and just so you have like a frame of mind, how long you want to spend on things, which sometimes in meetings happen, it happens like going off topic or getting a derailment. But, um, if you just have that agenda, have those visuals, it's so much easier and you'll be so happy. It's just way more productive and you'll feel like you actually accomplished something. Tip number three, not about agendas. (laughs) Um, tip number three is just to follow up and also a super basic role, but sometimes after you don't, if you don't follow up after a meeting, a lot of what was said gets just thrown out the door. Like they don't remember what you talked about. So it's just a good way to cover yourself along with making sure holding everyone accountable to what you agree to, to what, um, is expected until you meet again. Um, and it can just be a simple email follow-up. Great meeting you today. Um, we talked about this, this, and this. Thanks. 
And a bonus tip, number four, uh, I just thought of this. So if you are somebody that gets super nervous about meetings, so one, that agenda is going to help you out so much. Um, it just keeps you right on track. But if you're so, if you're, if you're somebody that's nervous before meetings or nervous about meetings, go into the bathroom, take a deep breath and rock some power poses. I know like just some cheesy like HR thing, but it's so true. Power poses really work. So do like a Wonder Woman pose, put your hand on your hips, raise your hands above your head, even like do like a warrior one from yoga. Seriously, anything that can just like open up your chest just airs that confidence and you'll be able to conduct meetings like that. And last tip, um, in college, one of my professors was talking about business meetings and she said, when you're out there in the working world, always keep a blazer at your desk. I've actually talked about this on Instagram before. If you follow me, uh, always keep a blazer at your desk because no matter what kind of meeting you're stepping into, it like levels the playing field. So even if you feel like underqualified or you're young or the people you're meeting with are higher up than you, if you like put on that blazer, just like that gives you a sense that like you're on their level too, no matter what everyone else is wearing. Um, it just like steps you up um, like your dress and then like mentally that like raises you up too. So I thought, always thought that was a great tip and then nothing wrong with rocking a blazer in a meeting. That's always a good move. If you have a question or your tip of your own to share with the rest of us, please comment on our latest Instagram post at working girl talk. We'd love to hear it, share with the community. Um, and we'll also be answering questions there too. And just to wrap up this little meeting extravaganza, um, tip number one, have an agenda, just do it Two, have a visual for everyone to follow along three follow up can be super simple, just a simple follow up Four, strike that power pose. You can do it. Five, wear that blazer. And finally, to end our show off today, um, this last segment is just my Friday favorite of the week. This is where I'll be sharing something I found that week that I think is applicable or helpful to every working girl, whether it's a TV show, a product, or an app. I'll be sharing it here. So this week is actually a product called Covet Crate. My friend actually got me one for my birthday a few weeks ago, and I am obsessed. So it's a subscription box and it's just full of these like hashtag girl boss, like goodies, like productivity planners, a mug. Um, and the cool part about it too, is that it's a woman owned company and every product they use is from other women owned companies, which is really fun. Currently obsessed with my little wellness candle that it came with. So cute. It has like actual rose quartz in it. So just thought that was a fun, check it out, covet crate. Um, and that's not sponsored. I just really thought it was cute and was like really obsessed with it and it was just speaking to me I like it it literally like it gave me like a pen that said get it girl and the mug said like a boss and I was just feeling so inspired um but yeah thank you so much for tuning into working girl talk today um this season we have so many great guests lined up we're going to cover a lot of issues that working women face we'll be doing a lot of q a's and even some work horror stories or some embarrassing moments um, and some questionnaires with you guys so looking forward to that Thank you so much for listening to Working Girl Talk, the podcast for women who work. Make sure to follow me, your host, at Abby Zufelt, and to follow the podcast on social media on Instagram and Facebook at Working Girl Talk, and find us on Twitter at Working Girl Talk. Have a happy Friday. You deserve it.